Hello, Ms. Kapow. Hello, Brother Kapow. How Today, are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Very good. Today's date is June 7th, 2020. 2020. So today we're going to veer off from our Revelation study. Veer off. I told you we would. We always do this. So we'll get back on it, Lord willing. But um, we have some other stuff we want to share. We're going to do it in a keynote presentation. You might know that as a PowerPoint. And um, the thing I want to emphasize with this is we're going to get to the point of um, Christ's temptation Mm -hmm. in Matthew 4. And the character of God that's in Christ is what's being pushed. So we're going to kind of go the long way around like we usually do. Mm -hmm. We kind of build a case first and then we present the... We slam dunk, yeah. Yeah, we kind of (laughs) present the evidence first and then do the case. That's just kind of our style. Uh, And sometimes, you know, we might lose you in that. But I'm going to tell you where we're going with it. When we get to Matthew 4, we have Satan uh, testing Christ in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the word of God. It's not just testing the word of God. Hath God said, if you're really the son of God. It's actually testing the very character of of God within Christ. Mm -hmm. So when we, the application of it will be when we get tested, when we go through trials, right, and, and provings and mm-hmm. pushings of our faith, okay, it's the testing of the character of the Spirit of God that's within us, uh-huh. all right? Um, like I told Ms. Kapow, and I'll explain it later on too, it's kind of like if you, if you built, I'm not a racer, but if you built a racer, a, a car, mm-hmm. and you built a carburetor, and you put that carburetor in that car, then you would take that car and go through laps and you'd put it through the paces to make sure your carburetor is is working correctly. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have anything to do with the car or the tires or the steering wheel or whether it's polished or clean. It, it, it doesn't, it has everything to do with the carburetor that you built and put in there right. to see if it works. And that's kind of like God's testing his own carburetor, his own character within us. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. You got anything else to say, Ms. Kapow? No, I think you said it all. All right. So Ms. Kapow and I put this together um, in collaboration. And I'm going to share the screen with all of you all, you all. And I do hope it... Uh, <laughs> am I sharing the screen? Is it on there? Yes, now it is. Okay. And now it, now it wasn't? This was something else or is it still on? No, it was um, half of it. But I now it's the whole. Okay, because I, I was having some technical difficulties with some other updates that I had done. Also, remember that the other day I updated yes. a bunch of stuff. Well, it keeps popping up telling me weird stuff. So as long as you can see it, um, I can. I and pray. You know I pray that it's being recorded because we haven't done this before. So, <clears throat> all right. All righty. So this is called the character of God. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's the life-giving spirit residing in us, in you, Kapow listener. And where I'm going to go with it eventually is the proving ground. Okay, so let's start, and we're going to build our case. Okay? Okay. Okay. 
You want to read that scripture, Ms. Powell? Yes, because Adam, the living soul, Genesis 2, 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And, and we are reading from the NLT. Yes. Now, the King James Version says he became a living soul, a mm. living soul. Um, and a living you know, spirit, a living soul. Now, what I want you to notice, you can still see my screen, right, Ms. Capel? Yes. Okay. A living soul, not a life-giving spirit. Now, this is important to keep at the back of your mind because later on we're going to see that Jesus Christ was and is a life-giving spirit. Amen. He's the second Adam, okay? We're talking about the first Adam here. Who was just a living soul. A living soul. He was animated. He became alive. He has a spirit in him, in that sense, where he's animated. But he is not a life-giving spirit, Mm -hmm. right? The Adamic soul is not God's spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's why it says also that none are righteous, no, not one. We're born into sin. Yeah. Uh, there's no argument here whether somebody, you know, humans might be righteous or good people. and We're born into sin. Yeah, we have that sin nature. We have a sin nature. Mm-hmm. The Adamic soul is not God's spirit. You do not get God's spirit by being born. Mm-mm. Also, the other point is the Adamic soul can and will go and against does. God and does. Because it's... An, um, enmity against God. Exactly. So it can disobey very easily. It can be deceived and duped and tricked Mm -hmm. and it will. So there's nothing the Adamic soul can do in good works for salvation for God. Is that clear? Clear. All right. If you'll read the, the headline in the scripture. Sure. God's command, his word and his character in Genesis 2, 16, 17 says, But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So now, God cannot go against himself. Mm-mm. So if Adam had God's spirit, he would desire to obey God's word, character, period. Okay. It, it wouldn't have been a thing where, oh, my wife gave me this and I partook of it. It's her fault. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been a thing where Eve said, oh, the serpent beguiled me. It's his fault. If they had the spirit of God in them, they wouldn't have fallen. And I'm, I'll prove that to you in Matthew 4. When Christ was tempted, likewise, in worse manner than these people were. Yeah. And didn't falter because he had God's character. Mm-hmm. The Adamic living soul can easily go against God's word and character. And does the serpent prove this by testing the humans? Yeah. Okay. So what we have in this scripture is God saying, you, you, can, you can eat of all the fruit, all the trees, except this one. And if you do, this is the consequences. Okay. So that should have been the end of the story. You know, the other thing too, that I want to point out, it's in the... Um King James Version, the word uh, 
die is twice. Die, die. That means it's, it's punctuated. Wow. If you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Well, actually, the word surely is the same word as die. So you shall die, die. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You're so smart. It's like an emphasis, like you said, punctuated. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what Jacob Prash said. Remember, yeah. if, it's, if it's used, that's why when Jesus says truly, truly, yeah, this and this and this, and this it you, means you like it's, yeah, it's underlined, highlighted, yeah, <laughs> in red. Yeah, you you listen up because that means something very important um, is about to be said. Okay, here you go, Miss Bell. The serpent appeals to living soul, Genesis 3, 5, and 6. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Wow. So you see here, the human was convinced the fruit was good and not bad. The human was. It was the living soul that was easily beguiled by the serpent. Because because mm-hmm. all the serpent had to say is, God knows. Is that what he said? He knows that if you do this, your eyes will be open. You'll be you'll be wise. You'll you'll be like us. You'll know you'll be like gods. You'll you'll know good and evil. And it convinced her very easily because she had the human spirit. She was a living soul. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to notice here is that the serpent discredits the very character of God, which was not inside of the humans. It's not just, and it is an attack on his word. Believe me, he is attacking God's word. And that's what we teach and everybody else always teaches. It's the attack on God's word. What we're doing today is going deeper. We're peeling the onion. This is a deeper dive. The serpent actually discredits the character, not just the word of God. He's calling God a liar. Mm-hmm. Did God know? Did God, did God really say that? Because he, he knows that your eyes will be open. That's why he said it. He's attacking the character. Now, what he did in, in the garden here is the same thing. It, nothing's changed. Miss Kapow and I were just talking about this today. Mm-hmm. Everything is a lie, folks. Everything is a lie. Everything you hear that's not of God is a lie. Mm-hmm. The whole world, this whole matrix that we're in is a lie. It's a lie. Right. And it, 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 it's such a lie. I'm going to prove it to you. It's such a lie that there will be, there will come a time a day, mm-hmm. a moment in history. There, there's going to come a time when all of this is going to dissolve. Mm-hmm. It's going to all disappear, folks. Your house, your bank account, your money, your career, the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees in your backyard, everything is going to vanish in fire mm-hmm. because it's not real. Right. It's a lie. There's a real kingdom, and this ain't it. Mm -mm. The other thing I wanted to point out is that um, when Christ was um, tempted by the devil Mm -hmm. in Matthew, or in the New New Testament, 
he reversed the stuff that was here and your um I did that on purpose. Oh. So I can see you. Oh, okay. So <laughs> the um that was uh the, the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes when she saw that the apples was beautiful, the lust of the flesh that it was delicious, and mm. then uh the pride of life. All three of them are right there. And even if you look at Matthew with when Jesus was tempted, he covers that, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he reversed that. You know, that, and that's beautiful because it's the it's the same technique. It's it's the same appeal. Mm-hmm. And so our our example on how to deal with it is Christ, right? Amen. Like you said, how he reversed it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Let me. I'll go back to uh, sharing here. Okay. I just wanted to see your pretty face while you were talking. Wow. <laughs> okay. See now it's half. Okay. Now it's good. It was half. There's something wrong with my update. My software it has something to do with my studio on here. And what happens is every time I I click the unshare or share, it goes to the Sonic Works headphone thing I have on there mm-hmm. that keeps telling me we can't we can't understand it because computers are stupid they are oh i got a powerful computer they're dumb they're only as good as what you can input in them mm-hmm. so you have human desires to sin and disobey they overrule god's character and his word it disproves it otherwise if you had god's spirit in you that desire would not overrule god's character period god can't be against himself if God's in you, he can't be against himself. I'm telling you, this this is a very freeing teaching if you're going through troubles and tribulations. Um, I, I do hope, I, I hope, just pay attention to what we're saying here. It's all going to make sense. But when you're going through trials, and you will go through trials, and you probably are, and you probably already have been, but you'll continue to be tested and pushed, and your character will be continue to be built up, and you're, gonna, you're living in this fallen, crappy world. Uh, under a satanic rule mm-hmm. of, of powers and principalities in, in all these weirdos that you can't even see. And it's a prison planet. You're in prison. Mm-hmm. You are in prison until the day that either you die and be with the Lord Jesus or he returns and you're with the Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay. It's just like the people before the Noetic flood. They had 120 years before the flood came. They were in prison every day without knowing it. 100 years, then 50 years, 30 years before it happened, 20 years, five months before it happened, five days before it happened, five hours before it happened. And when God put Noah and up in, the, in the, the ark and closed the door, then they realized, and the sky fell and water and the, and the floods came up from the ground also, flooded the earth, then they went, uh-oh, right? Yes. They, been, they were in prison that whole time. Okay, 1 Corinthians. 15, verse 45 says the scriptures tell us the first man adam became a living person but the last adam that is christ is a life-giving spirit okay so this is written by the apostle paul in the new testament so he's harking back to genesis that we just read to you Mm -hmm. so he's saying that the first adam had a living soul he was a living person he became a living person but that last adam which is 
or Messiah, which is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. His spirit is a quickened spirit. It actually mm -hmm. has life in it. It gives you eternal life. So humans have a living soul when we're born. A regenerated human has a living spirit or one that gives life. Mm -hmm. When I mean regenerated human, I mean one who's come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's right. Through faith, you've accepted the work of the Christ of Christ on the cross and the resurrection, and you've obtained eternal life. You become sons and daughters of God. That's what I mean. So when that happens, you get regenerated, and the spirit of Christ then comes in you and resides in you. Mm -hmm. Christ's spirit is not an enemy of God. No. You're no longer an enemy of God because of the spirit in you. It has nothing to do with your flesh or your works. It's the spirit that's in you. You don't have anything to do with it. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Christ's spirit now, his spirit, does desire to obey the word and the character of God. Mm -hmm. That's how you know those who are regenerated from those who are not regenerated. Those who are not regenerated continue in sin and in disobedience. They continue in it. They practice it. It's a lifestyle. Yep. They're not interested in obeying the things of God. They're not regenerated. That's how you tell the difference. John talks about that. All right, Mr. Capel. Second Corinthians fifteen forty-seven. Oh, so, I'm sorry. It says First Corinthians. But I'm sorry. Second Corinthians or first? First. I'm sorry. First Corinthians fifteen forty-seven says Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. So what's Paul saying here? Adam, the first man, made from dust. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, our Messiah, came from heaven. Two different things. Earthly people are like earthly man we're born into sin we're born into dust heavenly people are like the heavenly man and he says just like we are now like the earthly man because we're in this flesh mm -hmm. someday we're going to be exactly like the heavenly man amen but in our spirit we have the heavenly man already in here but someday our our bodies this physical thing is going to disappear and we're going to be spiritual mm -hmm. so we can have the spirit of of the heavenly man inside of us right now and we do when you're regenerated yep. and we no longer have to be ruled by the earthly man that's the whole thing you don't have to be ruled by your lizard brain mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to be ruled by it are you going to struggle with it yeah but you don't have to be ruled by it that's right someday not right now but someday we will be totally like christ in heaven mm -hmm. and that's the goal right glory Glory. Holiness is always uh, part of it. There's suffering, there's tribulation. Uh, we got to go through all this stuff. Uh, even in prophecy, let's not study prophecy just for the sake of studying prophecy. It's about living a holy life. We, we study prophecy to see where we're at in the times and could the Lord come anytime and only because of, of living a holy life. Mm -hmm. And we, we uh, take heed to the warnings that uh, are written in the book. That's right. That's right. Okay, Ms. Kapow. All right. You might as well handle this one. 
Yeah, and this one, uh, James 1.13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. And that kind of goes with what we were talking about, that God cannot um, entice you with evil because God's not evil. Yes. And um, we are tempted because of our own nature. And, of course, the enemy, Satan, he's also the tempter, seducer, so, but not God. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So when we become regenerated or born again, we become a whole new creature because of the Spirit of God that resides in us. Exactly. Exactly. And so our human nature, I mean, James talks about we're, we're tempted because of, of we start lusting after, you know, with our own eyes and we start lusting and then we start following those things and, and it turns into sin and the wages of sin is death. God's not putting that on you. Mm-mm. He's proving you your character. He's allowing. He's allowing that these <clears throat> things to to He's, come before you. Yeah, and you know, and it's it's like that scripture in Hebrews where the more you uh, fight against this, and the more righteous um, you give into righteousness, the Spirit of God working mm-hmm. in you, then you become more mature. Mm-hmm. Because you have a lot more knowledge and you and you um, understand more of who God is and what His holiness and righteousness is, that you're actually um, working your spiritual muscles, so you become strong, you become more mature, and then you can uh, teach and um, exhort and encourage other believers. Yeah, Amen. A- absolutely, absolutely. All right. This is the Holy Spirit promised in John seven thirty nine, When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, and this is Jesus, mm-hmm. who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Because remember, he was going to get the Holy Spirit from the Father and then distribute it. Get it. So it's, uh, we're, we become regenerated humans. Because of that, we become new creatures. The Spirit desires the will of the Father now. That's the difference. It's like, well, how can I do it? How can I live for Christ? The Spirit in you now desires different things. Mm-hmm. Stuff starts falling off. You start thinking different. And like Ms. Kapow said, the Spirit was promised to those believing in Him. Okay? At the mm-hmm. time. Romans 7, 6. It says... But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the view of, oh, oh, I'm sorry, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Spirit. So now we can serve God. We can can obey his word, character. We always put slash character in there because it's, there's more to it than just obeying the word. Mm-hmm. It's the actual character of God. You're not captive to the human soul anymore or your lizard brain, like I like to call it. And we can obey God because it is his spirit that resides in us. He gives That spirit actually gives us the power to do so. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, we don't realize that. Sometimes it's hard to realize that. And, uh, but he actually, he actually, he's the one that pulls you through all this junk, man. Right, we have all the spiritual blessings that we need. Even Peter says that we have um, 
um, all the godly attributes to um, to walk the life that Christ wants us to walk. Yeah, he, he gives us those tools, gives us those tools. I hope this is speaking to somebody who may be going through some trials and their life just sucks right now because life sucks, folks. Yeah. When, the more you get out of the world, and when I mean get out of the world, you get out of the worldly mindset of what's important. You just realize this just sucks. Everything's a big lie. It's a big joke, man. It's the curse that was given to Adam about, um, you know, you'll be working the ground and there'll be Amen. nothing but thorns and thistles. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're experiencing yeah. here. You just It's a constant battle, a constant fight to survive, you mm-hmm. know. So 1 John 3, 6 says, Whosoever abides in him, that's in Christ Jesus, sins not. Now that doesn't mean we don't sin in the flesh, mm-hmm. but he's talking about the new man that's inside us. Mm-hmm. That man cannot sin because he's yeah. regenerated He and he's uh, spirit-filled. And what happens... Or yeah, spirit-regenerated, I ex- should say. Exactly. So you abide in him, you sin not. But... What if, you know, me, my flesh, Paul, I go ahead and I get angry or something and, and, and I sin. The scriptures also say then we have an advocate with the Father. Mm-hmm. Lord, Abba, Father, forgive me. And, and then you learn something from it. You build mm-hmm. some character. You don't, you're don't. you not living sin. You're not practicing sin. Um, and he's faithful and just to forgive to us forgive of our you. sins and it, to cleanse us from all iniquity because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. That continually flows. Amen. Philippians 2.13, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, so that's that's the scripture that supports that it's God that's um, working in us and giving us the desire and the will and um, the ability to do his good pleasure. Yep, not us, him. Okay. Romans 8.5, the spirit-controlled life. It reads, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And this really goes with Colossians 3, where mm. it says, you know, to think upon, <clears throat> think yeah. upon, uh, upon heavenly things. Yes, yes. Or the other one in Philippians about keeping your eye upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith. So yes. we're constantly looking heavenward. That's what we always called uh, eternal mind. Eternal mind, yeah. have eternal mind. So your Adamic nature, which is a living soul, not mm-hmm. a life-giving spirit, can't please the Spirit of God. It's impossible. Enmity. It's enmity. It's an enemy to God. It, it just won't work. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit-controlled humans can desire to please the Father. They can. They can have that desire. I want to live for God. Mm -hmm. I want to please God. I want to live a a life pleasing to the Lord. Spirit-controlled mind leads to life. The other one leads to death. There you go. Romans 8, 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can be. So it's impossible for the carnal mind or the flesh to be obedient to God's word mm-hmm. or his law. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, because we have the righteousness of Christ and we have been justified. We've been made clear and clean and um, we're, we no longer have that sin against us. That's right. It's been taken care of. Romans 8, 7, 8, the Adamic soul is hostile. It reads, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So this is um, the NLT, what I was reading from was uh, King James Version. Yeah, yeah. It says the same thing, but this one's a little easier to To understand. Yeah. So humans can't recycle to God. Adam disobeyed God in the garden, and humans have done ever since. So without the Spirit of God residing in the human, they are doomed, period, doomed. Uh, Here we go, Romans 8, 9. The Spirit of God inside, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Mm -mm. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So if they're not regenerated or renewed, you just I don't care what religion you belong to. If you're not saved, you're not you don't belong to, to God. The bottom line is that you need the Holy Spirit living in you. Mm-hmm. And Christ gives you that spirit. So there's only one way to the Father, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Period. If Christ's spirit indwells you, then you are spirit controlled. No one can belong to God without the Spirit of God indwelling them life-giving spirit. Ephesians 2.16 says, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he was talking about mm-hmm. the um, the uh, the Jews and the non-Jews, the, you know, the Gentiles, that what God, what the Lord Jesus did on the cross was actually make us one. We are all one in Christ Jesus. There's no... Uh, differentiation anymore. We're all one under Christ or in yeah, Christ. One body. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now we have the spirit of resurrection. Uh, Romans 8, 10, and 11. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same. This is huge. It's the very power that, that raised our Messiah from dead. I mean, he was dead three days in, in the tomb. He was dead, 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 dead. There wasn't like he was unconscious, you know, suffering, moaning for three days in a tomb. He was dead. They killed him. The power of God resurrected him into a, a, a glorious, eternal body. He's the first fruit. We are to follow. This is huge. So because of that, there's a life-giving spirit inside of us. He gives us the Holy Spirit. We have the same kernel, the same seed. Mm-hmm. So it's the same spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead. This is how we can have eternal life. It's going to happen to us. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, 14 through 16, about being led by the Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. That's the assurance. Yes. Thank you. It is. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. If you're a child of God, you're led by the spirit. Now I'm going to show you here how you're, you're led by the spirit in a lot of different ways, but it's not always, oh, the spirit led me to Walmart so I can have a divine appointment with <laughs> some person in the bicycle aisle. Sometimes you're led by the spirit. Oftentimes you're led by the spirit into testing and proving. Mm-hmm. Jesus was led or driven by the spirit. God's own spirit drove Christ, his son, to be tested and proved. And that's why that one prayer says, lead us not into temptation, yes. but deliver us from the evil the one. Evil one. Yes. yes. So if you're led by the spirit, if you're led into proving and testing, you see what I'm saying, how freeing this is? Then, then you're a child of God. Because if you're not a child of God, you're not going to be, Satan's not going to prove you. He don't care. He already has you. Your character already sucks. Your human character. So if you're if you're led into proving and testing of character, it's because you're a child of God. Mm-hmm. And that's why Peter says rejoice. That's why Paul says count it all joy. You know, you know why? I mean? Because you're you're gaining um, uh, endurance. You know, because in the New Testament it says you will have need of endurance. Yeah. You know, and that's... patient endurance. Yeah. That's one of the. Um, characteristics that we need to develop in ourselves and the only way to do that is through testing and proving that's right so our human spirit joins with god's spirit inside of us to affirm this okay we got galatians 5 16 17 as the holy spirit guides so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Mm-hmm. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So we allow the spirit to guide us. We do not crave sinful disobedience to God. Just like like the garden. It's not all. Oh, They'll make me wise. Oh, it's good to the eyes. I'll be like God. You don't crave that. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, right? Or the pride of life. The pride of life. You don't have that. Because the spirit desires God. Mm -hmm. So when your spirit desires God, you can see right through the the matrix, the, Mm -hmm. the phony lie that this existence is. Sinful Adamic nature conflicts with God all the time. Uh, look around you. Look at all the pride and arrogance and foolishness and stupidity all Galat- around you. Galatians 5, 24, 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sin- sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The Spirit's leading. Adamic nature is crucified and dead. We live by the Spirit and all that God's Spirit desires. Mm-hmm. God's very character or His Word resides in us. This is all important when we start being pushed. 
Matthew 3, 16, 17, Spirit descends on Christ. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly beloved Son, who brings me great joy. And now we're going to get to the point of Christ's temptation in the wilderness and and a practical application for us, how we should uh, then respond in our spirit to these things also. You can see that the very character or word of God came upon God, man, Jesus at this point of baptism. And Jesus had the Holy Spirit residing in him at this point. Other people didn't. Other people didn't get the Holy Spirit until he he ascended, and then it came down on the day of Pentecost. That's right. And he gave it to him. But at this point, Christ himself, the God-man, had this, and he was led by that very same Spirit in him in everything he did. Everything he did. That's why he says, I can only please the Father. It's always, you know, it's about the Father. It's not about him. Uh, That's why he can pray the night before his, his brutal death. Not my will, but your will. Mm-hmm. And he was given the power to do that. The power to do that because the Spirit of God in him. So here we come to the temptation of Christ here. When I mean temptation, I mean the proving and testing of Christ. Matthew 4. 1 through 3. Yeah. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So it's more than just questioning the Word of God. It's the very character that Satan is attacking. God's integrity. Yeah. It's it's the carburetor that God has put into the man-God Jesus. It's the mm-hmm. carburetor that the Father has built and put into Jesus at this point. He's, he's, he's got the spirit of Father in him. He's, he's God in the flesh. The very spirit that sustained him is the same spirit that led him to the proving ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's proved, he's tested by the devil as to the character of God reciting in Jesus. It's like, it, if, you're, if, you're really, if you're really the son of God, and you know, you're really, I mean, he's like hungry. Then you're gonna do this, you'll do this. It's the character. If you really have that character, then, then, then I'm going to test that. Mm-hmm. And the devil easily dismantled Adam's human nature. Very easily. Uh, Eve and Adam very easily were dismantled. But he couldn't do the same to Christ. Did it, He couldn't do the same to God's spirit living in this human body, in this flesh. Uh, if you are, that question attacks the very character of God. If you are. You know, the other thing that's real interesting is after Jesus was tempted uh, in in the wilderness by the devil, you know, afterwards it said that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, with uh, with power. Remember? Mm-hmm. Angels came and ministered to him. Mm-hmm. And then, he, but he was filled yeah. with the, the power of God and the Spirit. Yeah. And it's kind of like when we go through these challenges, the more we endure Mm -hmm. the more power we also get because we have more understanding and more knowledge absolutely yeah it builds uh well it's what uh the apostle called that patient 
endurance. Mm -hmm. It builds that endurance. Uh, here's the attack of God's character. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. And, you know, this is the, the, the pride of life mm. when you're testing God, mm -hmm. right? If you are the son of God, jump off. The scriptures say he'll, the angels, he'll give the angels charge over you. So the, so the devil is allowed by the Father to test Jesus' spirit, mm -hmm. the character inside of him. Right. That's what I mean. It's, it's the carburetor that's, in, that's inside the vehicle. You're testing it. You're putting it through the, the laps. Mm -hmm. uh, not to be mean, not to break the car, not to break. You're testing your, 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 the thing you built. Yeah, and see, the bread of life was the lust of the flesh. And then when he showed him the kingdoms of the world, that's the lust of, of the eyes. Yeah. So you see how God, the Lord Jesus Christ, reversed what happened to um, the first family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so much um, depth to this, isn't there? Mm -hmm. So the devil always assaults father's character like that. Adam and Eve fell to the assault, but Jesus had another spirit inside, mm -hmm. a life-giving spirit that could not be contrary to the Father, for it was the very spirit of Father himself. That's God right. can't be against himself. If a kingdom is divided, it's going to fall. Can't be. Mm -mm. Here we go. God can't be against himself. Matthew 4, 8, 9. Next, the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And I will give it to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. And nothing's changed. He's doing that to every celebrity, every musician, every author, every politician. It's the same appeal. Just bow down and kneel to me. And I'll give you this matrix of a lie. And <laughs> you'll think it's real because you have a human nature. The Spirit of God inside the God-man Jesus could not be against himself in denying himself. The devil tester proves the very nature of God inside of Jesus at this time. How solid is this spirit? How strong is it? Let's, let's prove it. Let's test it like, like gold in, in, a, in a fire, in a fiery furnace. Let's get all the, let's, let's just see how pure it could be. It's the same thing that happens to us folks. And now we got the spirit-controlled life. Mm -hmm. It says, at about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have thou have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. So here you have Christ at the cross now, mm -hmm. right? So... It, you know, the, in Matthew 4, it says, after he was tempted by Satan and proved, uh, and Satan left him for a while until another, for more opportune times. Uh, Satan, he doesn't just leave and go away. He kept coming back. Well, here on the cross is Satan doing the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and you got Jesus calling out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthini, you know, why God have you abandoned me? But you have lizard brains in the audience who misunderstood it and said, well, he's calling for the prophet Elijah. That harkens back to Malachi. Yes. 
you know, he needs he needs help. He needs he's calling for physical help. Mm-hmm. It's not the spirit, right? So Jesus in the flesh could have succumbed. He could have. He's on the cross. He's he's God in the flesh. He could have succumbed to the loss of the relationship of Father while he's on the cross because mm-hmm. it was just the sin of the of the world is on him, and he could have called. 10 million, billion, trillion, trillion, trillion angels Mm -hmm. to set him free. He could have done that. He could have. He could have done that. But that wouldn't have been the character of father. That wouldn't have been the will of his father. Mm -mm. That would have been the will of of a human. And remember, Jesus said to do the will of the father, that's the food that he um, ingested. Yeah. You know, the food that the the will of God is that, that food, the word. The bread of life that Jesus is to us. That's right. So his spirit nature continued to obey the character and will of Father regardless of the suffering. Even to the cross, his spirit resisted the assault of the devil to succumb to human nature. Uh, this is an example for us. We've got to keep this in our mind at all time, um, what we yield to. Mm-hmm. Matthew 27, 49, and 50, the spirit controlled Christ. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. So you have all these lizard brains around him, and they're operating in their lizard brain, living soul nature. And they wanted to see if help would come, if he called, Elijah specifically. But Jesus, operating in his spirit, controlled nature, then simply released his spirit unto Father, and thus accomplishing the Father's will and purpose in Praise his death. Praise the Lord, yes. See, see how we handled that? And that's how we, we need to handle it. Uh, let's go back to the Old Testament and look at some proofs of this also. Deuteronomy 8, 15, 16 says, Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, mm. where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. And I love it how he says he gave you water from the rock. Mm. You know, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, get, that's what God gives us, the Holy Spirit. And he fed you the manna in the wilderness, which is the bread of life, which is Christ. It's the word of God. Yeah. And you see the parallels. Uh, so that you Jesus's. go through these testings. Yes. Yeah, you can see that. So the Father Spirit has always led his chosen people. So this ain't something new. It's not some doctrine Ms. Kapow and I just came up with. The, the Spirit has always led his people, his chosen people. It's, it's always Spirit-led. And as the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness... God had led Israel into the wilderness prior. And the leading of the Spirit into the wilderness is to test and humble us before Father. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's the same way. It's to keep us uh, focused. Focused, yes. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8.18 is successful in spirit. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So God allows the devil to prove or test his spirit that is placed within us. Like I said, it's like putting a carburetor into a a dune buggy. 
and then you hire the mechanic, you have the mechanic, that's your mechanic. Hey, put the dude buggy, put my carburetor through the paces. I want to see how it holds up in the desert. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's the devil, he's Satan, but he's still God's devil. It's God's Satan. Uh, he, he's, he can't do anything without being allowed to, mm-hmm. period. And that's God's sovereignty. It is. It's God's sovereignty. Almighty God. God's spirit in us will not deny himself like the human nature will. God gives us the power to succeed in this testing as he cannot lie or be against himself. You you get it? Once we have the spirit of God in us, he can't be against himself. That's why he empowers us, us, empowers us to succeed. Psalms 89.35 I have sworn an oath to David and in my holiness I cannot lie. So he cannot lie. So if God's Holy Spirit is indwelling us, he cannot lie and be against himself. That's why all things work for the good of those who are called, the called, according to his purpose. Although God's character is tested while residing in us, his spirit cannot lie against himself. Mm. The first Adam was a living soul, but Christ, the second man or Adam, is a life-giving spirit, and that spirit is the one that resides in us as a regenerated human. It's very freeing when you start to understand this and you're not, um, I mean, trials and temptations and provings are very hard to go through, but you know, if you keep this in mind that it's, it's God's spirit being tested in you, your character, um, he, he's gonna give you the tools to be successful in that, right? Won't put more on you than you can bear. Psalm 110.4, God cannot break his oath. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And that's what he's telling the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's, he's our high priest forever. Yeah, it's a messianic psalm. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God cannot break his own oath. When tested and proved, the very character of God will not allow it to be broken. You see that in the, the testing of Jesus in Matthew 4. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19, the great confidence. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. So the spirit residing in us gives us that great assurance and confidence because that spirit is the same spirit of God, and God cannot lie or break his oath. Mm-hmm. Hebrews six nineteen, spirit as an anchor. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Mm-hmm. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. It's beautiful. So spirit gives us confident hope that is a trustworthy anchor for our human souls, even mm-hmm. when tested and proved by the devil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so trials and temptations, proving life sucks, I can't take it no more. Believe me, we've been there. We're there all the time. But Does you- this not mean, though, that like because Jesus who's the, the, our high priest, mm-hmm. he's gone into the Holy of Holies, 
where only the high priest can go in. Mm -hmm. But now, because we are children of the Most High God, we also can go in there. Yes. Um, yeah. That's before good. the Father. That's a good point. See, what, what Christ did, this is amazing, what he did is he reconciled us to the Father. Because we he were broke in, the, that's when we the were veil enemies. Broke. Right? Yeah. And so that reconciliation says you can go directly to Father now in prayer and ask in the name of Jesus what you will. According to, according to the will of the Spirit, the will of the Father, it'll be granted you. Uh, you we didn't have that before. Mm -mm. This is huge stuff. We get used to it after 2,000 years of Christianity. And, and you know you kind of think it's always been like this, but it, it hasn't. This truly is good news. It really is the gospel. Mm -hmm. So because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection from death, we've we, gained so much. Yes, we now have the very Spirit residing in us, whereas before we didn't. It's huge. We become the temples and the blessings. All of God's blessings, all of His promises, are yes to us. That's right. That's right. Because of what Jesus Christ did. It is, um, it's so deep and unfathomable, uh, especially being Gentiles and not coming from uh, a Jewish uh, upbringing in the culture mm -hmm. of, you know, thousands of years ago. Well, that's uh, what's so cool that we're being led of the spirit and that um, we've been grafted in mm -hmm. to the, uh, the, the, the true all of tree yeah you know, i know the vine the, know. We're, we're in that vine i know it's incredible you're like you know we weren't chosen before we weren't chosen people we weren't i mean that's amazing and um thank god mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's just the mercy of god so for those of you who haven't taken advantage of that you need to get off your lazy butt and take advantage of it mm -hmm. before you die or he returns, and you miss the bus. So no, no bueno. So no um, yeah, and you're gonna die. There's a hundred percent chance you're gonna die. So <laughs> you don't know when. So um, this, this, the good news is an incredible, incredible opportunity for eternal life and salvation. This world is passing away. <laughs> it's a big lie. It's a big matrix. It's, 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 it's nothing. It, it doesn't even exist on God's plane. You know? It's a prison planet. Mm -hmm. Right, Mr. Kapow? That's right, Brother Kapow. I think that was a good uh, show, a good teaching. Yeah. Great slides. Yeah. Hopefully that worked out well, and we, we'll do that again. And uh, we'll be back with Revelation next week, Lord willing. Nine. It'd be Re Revelation 9. Yes, yes. All right, but sometimes you get other stuff and you just got to go with it. I know, I know. Um, I think it's called being led by the Spirit. The Spirit led us to do something a little different today. Mm -hmm. Somebody out flexible. there needs it. Yeah. Gotta be flexible. Were you dancing? Were you, I, moving. I just saw you doing hip hop. <laughs> okay, give them a chow and we'll get out of here. Chow babies. Now, how many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts, chapter 19? where there were seven sons of Sceva and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. 
So they try to do the same thing. So they go to this guy who's demon possessed and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah. And guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy Demons in My Marriage Bed. A true story of spiritual warfare. The book is not about you being married or single. The book is about dealing with demonic forces. And you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you. The book is a training manual. And there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book.